Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. I love to use Anchor because of its ease of use and its multiple platform system that allows me to get my podcast to different people that listen to different podcasts on different apps. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make some money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start and join today. And the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor will be welcome to hear you. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Many people have been talking about generational wealth. But did you know that there was such a thing as dynastic wealth? Well, today on my show, we're going to be talking about just that and what's the difference between generational wealth and dynastic wealth on the All Things Black podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, hey, yo, 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 yo. Sit down. Stop what you're doing. Pay attention and get yourself together. We're going to be talking about some things it needs to be talked about. So I'm going to tell you again, sit down, put your feet up, get your drink together, because we need to talk. We need to talk seriously. Now listening to the All Things Black Podcast with your host, Mr. Black Ovation. All right, and welcome to the All Things Black Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Black Ovation. Um, typically, I publish uh, my episodes every Wednesday. I used to normally publish them about four four o'clock in the um, evening, as opposed to, to to early morning, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and I hope uh, you listeners uh, get a chance to really listen to the podcast. And, and again, I publish it early in the morning while people are having their morning commute or maybe uh, up in the morning with children or drinking coffee or something like that. And, um, you know, that's that's the way I pretty much set it up. But today we're going to have an interesting uh, discussion and learn a lot of information. Um, as you heard me state earlier in the introduction, uh, people are talking about generational wealth and also and there's also such a thing called dynastic wealth. Well, we're going to be learning what's the difference between the two. And uh, we're going to be doing that with our special guest, uh, Miss Professor Latanya White. And uh, Miss White, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for for giving me the, the platform and for letting me share this with you, your family, your audience. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And it's a big thank you to you 
for even uh, considering someone like me because I am what would be considered a novice uh, podcaster. I'm new to the podcasting game. Um, okay. I'm even. I'm even. I'm even at a point where I'm listening to more and more podcasts now, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just want to be able to navigate and find my space in that in that huge market um, that is now becoming something that is really, really, really huge right now. Uh, but uh, again, thank you so much for even considering me for reaching out to me. Uh, when I read your information on your website, I was actually blown away. Uh, at your accolades and you know the things that you've actually accomplished and one of the things that really blew me away when we had our initial conversation uh, was your spirit Um, this sister here I'm I'm talking to the audience now (laughs) this sister here has one of the most infectious spirits that I've ever came across and uh, her smile equates right along with that same spirit Um, she she is um you know, just from the just from the the, the the small time that I had, you know, of interaction with her, you can already tell just from her. She loves what she does. She's Thank excited you. about it um, just about all the time when she's having those conversations, because I listened to her on a prior or previous um, podcast. And I forget the exact name of it. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Um, um, but uh, she was just so excited to talk about what she has to offer. And uh, again, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, Professor Latanya White. So, I'm going to give you the opportunity instead of me normally do it, which is what I do. Okay. Of talking about you know the horse and stuff like that before we get into it, but nobody can talk about themselves better than themselves, right? <laughs> so, so we're gonna live. We're gonna give you the stage and 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 let you represent yourself and tell the people exactly who you are, what you do, and things like that. So, the stage is yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, interestingly enough, as we were talking before we actually started recording, I, I had a three hour conversation with a committee member for my dissertation. And she was reading the, the proposal of the study that I want to conduct, which is really to um, interview black entrepreneurs, first generation black entrepreneurs in the beauty industry. Mm. And she said, she said something along the lines of what you're saying. She's like, I can tell you love this, by the yes. way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sorry. So, go ahead. Go, go ahead. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, I am Professor Latanya White. My, my, at least that's what my students call me. My, my daughter calls me mommy. Right. But uh, I am an entrepreneurship educator, a certified business analyst and Probably one of the most important identities that I have is this doctoral student. I'm, I'm studying the racial wealth gap and I'm really understanding more and more how entrepreneurship and the lack of generational wealth transfers in black families has has perpetuated that that wealth gap. And so I came to this place in my research as an entrepreneur. Um, I was invited to be a guest speaker in the entrepreneurship elective course that was being taught at the university where I um, where I teach. And this was 11 years ago. I was asked to be a guest speaker. And from the feedback that the students had, the department chair asked me if I wanted to teach the class. And I was like, I don't know how you teach entrepreneurship, but I'm going to figure. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but you're going to figure it out, right? You're going you're gonna to figure it out. Yes, ma'am. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> 11 years later, honestly, I'm still figuring out how to teach it in the traditional sense of academia. Okay. Entrepreneurship, I mean, you know this, right? You are an entrepreneur. You are building this parachute on your way off the cliff. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. This is what we're doing, but our students, and I teach at an HBCU, the third largest HBCU, our students are so used to, okay, I need to study this so I can pass the test in two weeks. But entrepreneurship is an, it's an applied concept. Like mm. you have to do the work in order to learn the work. And so I'm in the classroom at, this is 11 years in and I'm still advocating for experiential education, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, because some of my research has found that entrepreneurial families create more wealth than employed families. Mm. And this is no matter if you're black or white, if they bring in the same amount of income, an entrepreneurial family will do different things with that money than an employed family will, which is what creates the wealth. And it's the transfer of that wealth from generation to generation to generation. So three generations are required for us as first generation black wealth creators to get to dynastic status. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so real quick, because I heard you say mm -hmm. something and, and, and just for the listeners, you did mention HBCU. Now, which yeah. HBCU are you talking about specifically? I am at the number one public university. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> the Florida a &M University. So there we go. A, uh, right, right. <laughs> I'm a product of FAMU, a uh, product of the School of Business and Industry, where I received my bachelor's and master's in business. And that's where I currently teach right back in the same school of business. I like that. I like that. You didn't branch out and go anywhere else. You stayed home. You stayed in your in your environment. You stayed in your community and you're giving back because a lot of us don't do that. We obtain our degrees mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever the case may be. And we immediately branch out and go to another community to help build up that community, which is also, mm -hmm. in my opinion, detrimental to us because it doesn't allow us to, you know, give back and, you know, uh, um, help to create that generational wealth or that entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship in our own communities, which is why our communities are, you know, in a, right. in a state of disrepair. Uh, but um, so any 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 other accolades before we actually get into it because one of the things i also want to point out while i'm reading your 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 and yes i'm saying that i know we're not supposed to do that but i'm saying <laughs> it you know but but while i'm reading your while i'm reading your 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 um website and there is a website that you can actually go to uh for her which is called meetprofwhite.com so so make sure you know you as listeners make a note of that it's called meet m e e t prof p r o f white w h i t e dot com which is her website uh you can obtain a lot of information from her website um uh, which is a actually really well constructed website as well but Thanks. you but you are also you're welcome you are also a member of what sorrow <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> So I act so funny. You asked this question because I got on my red jacket and everything. Watch out, I'm now. 
girls and everything. <laughs> um, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, uh, my line sisters and I will be celebrating 16 years mm. in or so. So thank you. Thank you. You got it. I wanted you to mention that because, again, uh, there's, there's going to be listeners out there. There's going to be people yeah. that's going to resonate and connect with that same thing because, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing uh, for yes. a lot of people. So I just wanted you to actually mention that as well. All right. And, and, and should I call you, what, what should I call you at this stage? Professor White, Latanya, Miss White, just want to address you properly. You know, I friend, think that's a big thing. So that's my friends call me Latanya and there we go. That, right. that, Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> that's that. That's right. Latanya and I are sitting down having, having a casual conversation about things that are relevant in the world. You know, I might have my little coffee or something like that, and she might have her tea or whatever, and we're, we're just going to have a nice time, okay? Uh, but, uh, but uh, so let's, let's get right into it. Um, generational wealth, dynastic wealth. You did talk about it, a little, a, a little sliver of it, I believe, in your initial, in your initial introduction, but can you kind of go into what generational wealth is and then we can go into what dynastic wealth is? Yes. And you opened up the show, you know, saying that so many people are talking about generational wealth and especially in black communities. And I love it. You know, I'm, I love to see it. But one of the things about generational wealth um, and there, there are three distinctions that I've seen when I study dynastic wealth in comparison to what we understand about generational wealth. And the first thing, probably the most important distinction, is that generational wealth focuses on only one form of capital, whereas your wealthy and dynastically wealthy families, they are cultivating five one, two, three, four, five different forms of capital. Wow. So certainly we, we can unpack those. Um, but that's the first distinction. One form of capital versus five forms of capital. Um, another distinction, generational wealth typically is only looking at from me as a first generation wealth creator to the second generation, which is my, you know, my children, my lineage, my offspring. Dynastic wealth looks at not just me and one generation down, but me to my grandchildren. There even is a concept that wealthy families use in the tax code. Now, this is this is legal. Come on with it. It's a generation skipping trust or is referred to as a GST generation skipping trust. So they start the business. With their grandchildren in mind, they are building in tax and legal protections so that the wealth is almost automatically going to be there for their grandchildren through this concept of a generation skipping trust. All right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's an interview. um, I think it was CNBC did with David Rockefeller and he mentioned he, he talks about this generation skipping trust that they have used in the Rockefeller family for ages. So that's the that's the second distinction. The third distinction is how um, generational wealth impacts the family. And it's typically just 
you know, if you're the entrepreneur or if you're the wealth creator, maybe you got your wealth from real estate or whatever. Um, it really only focuses on you and your family unit. Dynastic wealth actually encourages almost required that you do everything in your in your power to incorporate all other branches of the family. So it's not just from me to my daughter, but it's me to my cousins. It's me up to my aunts and my uncles, up to my grandmother even. It's me to my siblings. And so what how we loop all of this back to the diff that first distinction, those five forms of capital, is we incorporate in and have conversations and build relationships within our families that say, I noticed that you're always doing something around the house. So that's me noticing, right? And paying attention and giving you credit for the things that you love to do. The next step is how do we ensure that you become a master at that? Mm. Do we need to get you back in school? Do we need to send you to trade school and where you don't have to worry about paying for it? Right. Mm -hmm. Because, when we refine that skill, then you are more likely to help this family create wealth because you have this mastery. And it's so it's such a holistic approach to wealth building that dynastic wealth has where generational wealth is really looking at. OK, me and mine, we good. Uh, got it. Got it. Got it. You laid it out perfectly. Um, okay. Now. Okay. The one thing that I remember hearing from the other podcast uh, is that because I wrote it because when we had the conversation offline, I told you I mm-hmm. wrote them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but with dynastic wealth, you mentioned five things or five pillars or something like that. This in dynastic wealth. Can you yeah. kind of highlight what those are and kind of kind of, you know, elaborate on why those are so important in dynastic wealth? Sure. And I'll say for your readers, um, this this concept of the five forms of capital, it's not mine. I, I can't take credit for okay. it. I learned about it from a book titled Complete Family Wealth. Um, now, what I have had to do in all the research I've done, because our sto- they ain't telling our stories right. like that. <laughs> I don't know what this what, what what that don't apply to me and my black family. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, 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 and that's why this is so important because, you know, I, so first and foremost, you know, I, I'm, you can consider me a believer. And okay. every time, every time I hear subjects like this, or every time I hear somebody talking about some form of inf- information that has not been made readily mm-hmm. available to me, mm-hmm. that one scripture always comes to mind where it says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Knowledge. Right. Absolutely. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It's not necessarily the lack of money, because when you look in our community, we have a tremendous amount of spending power. So the money is there. It's right. just that we don't know exactly what to do with it collectively, individually. OK, you might go out and do whatever it is mm-hmm. you think is profitable for you, you know, yourself and your family, things like that. But mm-hmm. we have a collective wealth. And I think we don't necessarily know exactly what to do with the collective wealth which is the big thing. So again, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge is a big thing. Everything you're seeing uh, thus far is um, it's wowing me. You know, I never, I never heard about the book that you just mentioned. I never mm-hmm. knew about the David Rockefeller um, 
interview where he actually mentioned the G was it GST or GTS uh, GST. GST. I never knew about that. Right. So these are, these are things that, you know, that are actually blowing my mind and hopefully, you know, when the listening audience listens to it, it'll, 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 it'll you know, it'll make them think as well and say, well, wait, you know, maybe hold on. Maybe I'm doing this thing a little bit wrong. Let me, let me, let me, you know, rewire my mind and my thought process to start to do things just a little bit different, but, but, uh, sorry for that, but, but go right ahead. The, the, the five forms of capital you mentioned yes. and then kind of, you know, elaborate just a little bit further on that. Sure. Um, and so the five forms of capital in order to build a dynasty, like let's be real, we need the financial capital. And that is the one form of capital that generational wealth really focuses on. There will be no dynasty if there is no financial capital, if, if there no financial wealth. So just as an aside, a part of what I do is ensuring that black entrepreneurs understand how to strategically build products and services and price them for profitability so that there is that foundational basis of financial wealth. Um, from there, I and I typically am teaching and sharing these other four forms of capital in what I think is the order of importance for black families. And that that next form of capital is spiritual capital. Okay. It's not, you know, based in religion per se, but it is the idea that we're doing this for something greater than ourselves. We're guided through this dynastic wealth building process in pursuit of serving others. And so that's where the spirituality um, aspect comes into play. Got it. Got it. And there's a key question there that our families need to ask when we're really talking about spiritual capital. It's what will the wealth be for? Hmm. What do we want this money to be used for? Or how should people apply it in their day to day lives 30 years from now? And that's a psychological concept referred to as future pacing, where you put yourself in this mental situation that is in the future. You make your decisions for the future based on what you do today. And so if we can have a conversation with our family about, you know, what are we doing all this? Why are we up at five and six o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays and missing out time? Why are we doing all of this? Mm -hmm. Because it has to be for something greater than ourselves. And the, the concept of dynastic wealth says, yes, it's greater than for me and my children. It's something for my grandchildren and their children. So we have to push out the, the edge of time just a little bit further and accept the fact that the work that we're doing today, if we're doing it strategically with dynastic intent, is likely going to be for someone that we may never be able to meet in our life. And that's, you know, that can be a scary thought depending on, again, where are you spiritually? <laughs> you right, know? right, right. So that's that's spiritual capital or spiritual wealth. The next uh, form of capital is human capital. And this is what I like to call the, the wealth of knowledge. Um, in my family, my great grandmother lived. She was maybe 88 or 89 and she made the best biscuits that no one has the recipe for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like when she passed away, we were like, how did nobody get the recipe? <laughs> that's, right. that's 
is one example of how did why don't we know how granddaddy made his money mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. don't we know how to make more money because it just got passed down to us but we weren't taught how to spend it we weren't taught how to save it and so that third generation is starting from scratch right right, right. so we're sitting down and i'll say this we know, like I say, in my family, we put the fun in dysfunction and my family love them to death. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, so there does have to be this um, this healing that has to occur because sometimes we don't have the healthiest relationships within our families. Right. And that is a whole nother underlying function of, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome yes. and racial trauma that impacts our energy and our relationships with money so i cannot leave that unsaid i can't leave that so i agree wholeheartedly so that was so that was three so so you did three yeah and then what are the other two financial spiritual human then we get into in intellectual capital and that's where because we've had these we've done our own healing because now we can have healthier conversations and as i sit down and essentially interview you cousin or hey auntie tell me about your childhood or mom what are some of the things that you love to do so that comes from human capital what we do in the intellectual capital is say we are so we've established this family bank, right? We put in what we can mm-hmm. on a regular basis. But now we see that this cousin who, who's always helping around the house, he probably needs to go get a certification as a general contractor. Or this cousin who's really great in the kitchen should probably go through like food safety services and understand um, commercial kitchen equipment. So we're investing in their expertise. We are literally taking money and investing in making you a master of this thing that we noticed that you're so good at. Because when you've mastered those skills, we as a unit, as a collective unit in this family can say, this is how your skill, your expertise, your mastery is gonna help to create more wealth in this family. We'll start a food truck. We'll pair you up with a real estate agent so that you can get all their renovation contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's intellectual capital. That that requires an investment. And it's not always monetarily. It might be a mentoring relationship. Yes. It might be um, shadow me as I build out my real estate yes, practice. Yes, yes. And this is in our families. This is in the family, right? Um, And so that fifth form of capital is social capital. It's the relationship capital. And there is research that shows. So these are two separate studies I want to 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 mention. One study shows that black owned businesses generate one third of the amount of revenue that white owned businesses make, even if they're in the same industry. Yeah. So that's one study. The second study shows that black owned businesses or black business families typically have less 
relationship capital, less social capital, and that impacts our revenues. So that means our networks are so close together that we don't have relationships with the movers and the shakers and the people who can open doors to bigger contracts. Mm. And that sometimes, and this is of course what the data is showing, the lack of that, excuse me, the lack of that social capital is minimizing, if that's the word I want to use, it's like, it's putting a cap on the revenue that we can generate. So until we build better social capital, mm-hmm. our revenue streams are going to stay lower in a lot of cases, in a lot of industries. So that fifth form of capital actually is what makes it easier to have the 10 and 20 and 30 year contracts because you you know my daughter, right? You know that she's well-skilled. She's primed for this position. She's the perfect candidate for this job. Now, from the outside looking in, that sometimes looks like nepotism. Yes. Like we'll look yep. at a white family or a white business and say, oh, that's nepotism. Okay, and <laughs> let, <laughs> let, us get, let us benefit from some of that nepotism so that we can work to build social capital and increase the revenues that our businesses see day in and day out. I got it. I got it. I love how you laid all of that out. Uh, the, the, the last two struck a chord with me more mm-hmm. than any of them. Not, not, not that all, not that all of them did not, but I just, mm-hmm. it just resonated with me with the last two that, you know, that you spoke of. Um, it's interesting too, when you talk about the net, the nepotism portion of it and things like that, I used to do, um, man, you, you know, a lot of manual labor work. Uh, I remember being in Arizona and I was studying to be a, um, a, um, sheet metal farmer, right. And that requires you to go to, you know, school and things like that, you know, because you have to learn, learn how to do blueprints, blah, 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 use it, you know, specific type of tools, that type of thing. And, uh, it also, um, uh, set up. Um, for myself that I had to get into a union. Now, I've never been in a union before, but it was crazy. But it was crazy to me to see the levels or the generations of different family members that were uh, connected through this union that they were um, set up to actually take, you know, take over that, that particular, you know, yes. um, uh, um, um, profession. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking about, I'm looking at at least about four generations of, of tradesmen's that were uh, in the union, right? And they were just priming their 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 children to say, okay, well, this is how you do this. This is, you know, this is how you do this. So when they came on board, they were already skilled, mm-hmm. right? Just like you were talking about. They were already skilled. They were already equipped. And sometimes, yes, it does look like nepotism, but at the same time, if you have somebody that are, that is already skilled in that particular field uh, or whatnot, then nine times out of 10, the person who is the in, employer is going to think about, picking that person right. up before anybody else, because I don't have to, I don't have the man hours. Or I don't want to actually use the man hours to, to train somebody that is a novice, right. Or just, you know, just coming in that's unskilled. So I'd rather take the person that's already skilled that way I can use the man hours in a, in a, in, in another way. So, so absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Use some of that, 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 uh, that, that nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with it. You, you don't use it. So, um, but, but I, but I love that. I love how you laid that out. And then something else that comes to mind, um, when you, uh, mentioned the, I think it was the fourth one, um, uh, when you're talking about 
you know, looking around the house or, you know, this person mm-hmm. likes to do a certain thing, right? That requires a lot of study. That requires a lot of observation. And I think a lot of times we don't, we don't do that as, as, as parents or, or whatnot. I don't think we do that a lot, you know, to really study our children and say, okay, well, this person is good in this particular field or this, you know, what they're doing. Maybe they might have an interest in, like you say, going off and, you know, becoming a contractor or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. That also is going to play a uh, will will play a big role in us actually, you know, creating that generational wealth and getting on to dynastic wealth and, and things of that nature. But I, I absolutely love how you how you laid that out. And if I'm incorrect in anything, you know, you feel free. You're the professor. You know, you're <laughs> you, you, you're you're the one that has all the expertise. You know, <laughs> straight me out because again, my people are, are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So, uh, and that's the biggest thing. So, I'm all about that. I'm all about presenting information to, you know, you know, the people that I come in contact with. And uh, that's that's really what I'm huge on. But again, if I you know, if there's anything else you want to add to that more, you know, uh, do so. You you made a great point about um, we don't study our children. And interestingly enough, the first year of my doctoral program, we were focused on understanding ourselves as leaders. And we had to do this exercise called an identity map. And from from what I realized about my own identity was that I had not constructed my own identity. I had just been claiming, mm, right? So mm. growing up, you know, people have their own narratives, even within the family. Yeah. They have narratives about you. So I was just accepting those, you know, without a grain of, without a single thought, right? Mm-hmm. And as I mature and as I became an adult, I was like, but hold on. (laughs) 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 There there might be a little bit more to me than people can see from the outside, but because I hadn't taken that time to understand it myself. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between claiming the identity that's given to you and constructing the identity that is natural to you. And what I've had to do, my daughter, she's six years old. So what I try to be really intentional about is making sure that she understands who she is mm. and make sure that she understands why she chose to chew that bubble gum at 10 o'clock. And then what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the more I have, like I ask her those reflective questions, the easier it's going to be for her as she grows up and moves more into the world where more of the world is going to try to tell her who she is. Right. And I think to your point about us spending more time studying our children, we also have to teach our children how to study themselves yes. because when leave our homes and they go off to college or go to work day to day, they're going to be so many people and entities and agencies and social media, this, that, and the third that are going to try to tell them who they are. And mm-hmm. if we made the time to teach them how to know who they are internally, then that I think is the real disservice. Oh, rewind that back. Say that again. Please say that again. <laughs> so if we as black parents um, don't take the time to teach our children how to recognize themselves, mm-hmm. then we do a disservice when they when they leave our homes, when they go to work day to day, when they're away at college and they don't have this strong sense of self. 
and they haven't constructed their own identities, they're going to claim any identity that's on Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, that's a whole nother subject in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a big one, to be to be honest. That's a big subject, uh, you know, just, just to come to think about it. But for the sake of time, um, I would love you again. Um, I'm talking to Professor Latanya White. And uh, I mentioned earlier that she does have a website, meetprofwhite.com, M-E-E-T-P-R-O-F-W-H-I-T-E.com, mm-hmm. right? And you can go there. She has a wealth of information. She has a, a, a wealth of information about herself, uh, resources. And there's one thing that also stands out. Uh, which is, and I want to kind of talk about that before we end, yeah. is your becoming fearless uh, academy. Can can we can we speak about that just a little bit and kind of talk about what that is and when did that you know when did you found that and 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 what it's exactly for? Thank you for that opportunity because as I've gotten more refined into my research question and my research area, I realize that I can't just take people to dynastic wealth, right? I can't just take you to this concept that first of all, who heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Especially understanding that that very first form of capital is financial capital. But in the, at the beginning of my, my career as a business development strategist, and I used to work at the small business development center here, I would, like actually, I was always very non-compliant with submitting my reports because what the reports did was it it turned this this experience that I had with my clients it turned it into a transaction. Mm. It was did they do this? Did they say this? Did they complete this? And I'm like, I hadn't even gotten to that part yet because we just spent the first forty five minutes talking about why she feels so isolated as the first and only entrepreneur in her family. Like I had to be able to unpack that story with my clients and the majority of them were black entrepreneurs. Mm. I could not get to this place. I can't talk to you about blue ocean strategy or business model generation or strategic pricing. If there's this script in your head Mm -hmm. that you aren't worthy that says you can't charge this much because you don't have enough experience. I could never penetrate um, this layer of fear, doubt, and insecurity that a lot of Black entrepreneurs bring to their their journeys if I did not have a conversation with them about the fact that I was there myself. Okay. And what I realized, because I Becoming Fearless Academy is an extension of my first book titled becoming fearless. And I realized that people, because I owned a bartending business and we had a a party bus, right? Like who has a party bus for a bartending business? (laughs) (laughs) Real real quick, just so, so again, listening audience, I hope you are Mm -hmm. listening to sister. Sister, (laughs) sister is no joke, right? (laughs) Which, which, which again blows my mind that she would actually, you know, kind of reach out to me when we would have these conversations, but then, you know, the universe works the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to work. That's that's I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave that there. 
But mm-hmm. sorry, sorry for interrupting you, but I, I just wanted to make highlight of that is that, okay, sis says she had a, you know, a, 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 a party bus, she had a bar, you know, and I had a bar and that kind of stuff. It, it, she's no joke, y'all. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. But I'm sorry. Go, go ahead and continue. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So when when people saw that, you know, we had this party bus for a bartending service, it really looked like I had no fear. And, and at and I didn't, right? Not in business, but what people didn't know was, was there was pain, tragedy, and trauma that I had to go through in order to get to this place where, oh, I'll, I'll try. Like, I, if I live through some of the stuff I've lived through, mm. oh, I can live through anything. And I go. dare tell me that I can't. But I hadn't told that story. And so I needed to tell that story so that people, the people that I serve could see that I'm not telling you this from the outside looking in, that I've been where you are. I've been plagued by fear. I still sometimes don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. I still don't think I'm good enough. Mm. You know, posture syndrome is real. So I am very transparent about that part of the story because you know, social media make this entrepreneurship thing look so easy. Oh, man. For real. <laughs> and so Becoming Fearless Academy and everything that I've established since then to really empower black entrepreneurs is to say that this is a process that and I don't say fearless. I don't say become fearless. I say becoming mm-hmm. to acknowledge that it's a process, that it's an iterative process that we're probably going to have to revisit once or twice a week. Like, let's be for real. Yeah. So what we do, um, what how I teach becoming fearless, because I really just kind of rolled it into the dynastic wealth building community is we start with the foundation. So we start with some identity work, like who are you and how is that identity of yours going to show up in the brand identity? Mm. Um, So we start with that foundation and then we move to evaluation. So fearless is the acronym. Um, So it's the, the process that I take people through as I'm strategizing with them, but it's also outcome. So you are going to become fearless on your path to dynastic wealth building. You have to. And there are these um, steps that we do that through looking at your marketing strategies and your competition, your pricing, your training, and then how you pitch the business. So each module in Becoming Fearless has a specific deliverable Mm -hmm. that's going to get closer to dynastic wealth. Got it. Love it. Broke it down. Not a problem. You were fearless, you were fearless with it, so 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 absolutely love it. Um, we are almost out of time, man. Time flies. Uh, we are almost out of time. Um, is there anything, um, in terms of any parting words or anything that you might want to leave the listening audience? Uh, again, before you do that, though, I just want to stress the point that I am talking to Professor Latanya White. Uh, she uh, has a website that you can go to and obtain a lot of information from uh, meetprofwhite.com. There's also social media pages, right? I know one is, uh, is, is, is Instagram, which is, you know, which is you and I have been mm-hmm. somewhat communicating on, but is there any other social platforms or social media um, pages that they can go to and uh, kind of contact you? 
Yeah. So um, Instagram is where I spend the majority, <laughs> the major, probably too much uh, <laughs> majority of my time on social. Um, but when you visit um, Meet Prof White on Instagram, there actually is a link to my phone number. So just to make sure that everyone, you know, your business questions, your dynastic wealth building questions, they can just text me seriously because I'm. Um, I got too many emails, so right. don't don't email me, but you can text me. <laughs> feel free to text me. So, um, yeah, just feel free to text me. That number is 850-306-4745. So I think we'll put it in like the show notes and everything. Mm-hmm. So anyone can. But yeah, that's how I know you're serious. Like I literally will have students because I give them my Google voice number. if They have questions about assignments. But when they start asking me business questions and they're serious, I'm like, OK, let me give you this other number. So I know it's real kind okay. of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Instagram is the main page that you yeah. spend the most time on. But you do have yeah. your professional website, which I've already yes. mentioned several times in the in the, in the recording. And uh, so, again, uh, I ho- listen. Um, It, it, I'm, and I'm and I'm pausing because you know I'm just kind of feeling the spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that initial talk, we had that mm-hmm. initial interview, and like I said, then for me, in my observation, there was already a connection there because again, it's it's the spirit. It's, sometimes it's not easy to talk to, to 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 people because again, it's because of that energy, that spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And this has been one of the most easiest conversations that I've had or interviews that I've actually had just by talking to, you know, just by talking to you. And I think more or less uh, from, from, from again, my observation is the fact that your spirit, you know, your, your, your willingness to, you know, give up, you know, certain information and things like that, because I think at the heart of, at the heart of you, and again, you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, you, 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 there's a heart in you that I see that you really want, people to become more, you know, a lot better ver- versions than themselves than they currently mm-hmm. are. And at the mm-hmm. same time, there is, um, there is an importance from you to get black people mm-hmm. in a position where we can win. Yes. And that is something that I'm about, which is a reason that I call my podcast, all things black. You know, I touch on a myriad of subjects, uh, I'm getting a little bit better where, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I still consider myself a knowledge or a, a novice, uh, better yet. I'm actually going to take that title away. I'm going to, I'm going to start considering myself a student, you know, because, in, you know, with the word mm-hmm. student, you're always learning, right? I love it. I um, love it. So I'm a student of podcasting, put it, put it that way. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, this has been, um, one of the most delightful interviews that I've actually had one of the more knowledgeable interviews that I've actually had. And I pray that, you know, the listeners really get something out of this interview and, you know, just going, just going forward. So uh, I do have an invitation for you, uh, an extended invitation at any time, if you want to reach out and you want to come back on the platform and talk about something that, uh, you know, is just, you know, pertaining to your heart or whatever the case may be, you are more than welcome to come back on this, on this show and, and have at it. Thank you. I am. I'm moved by that. I receive that so deeply. I thank you so much. All right. Any any last words? 
the last thing that I want your listeners to to keep in mind is that wealth is our birthright. Mm. We know by now that our story, our our history did not begin in 1619. We know that we we are wealth we are royalty we are kings and queens we know that the rockefellers and the waltons and the fords their wealth is literally built on our backs say that and so for those of us who have gifts and talents and skills that we can create wealth from and we don't like i'm trying i'm trying to stay out my bag i'm trying to stay out my feelings but <laughs> We literally have every right to every dime and dollar that can be made based on the skills that we have. And we have more than that. We have a responsibility to generations that we'll never meet to mm. ensure that they get access to what we don't have today, what we're building today. Love it. Love it. This has been the All Things Black podcast. I have spoken with and interviewed uh, uh, Miss um, Professor Latanya White and with my podcast um, I help to tell black stories and life experiences through podcasting and visual visual media thank you again for listening and uh, as always you guys like comment share Um, I'm on all social I'm on the podcasting platform so you know reach out man you know you know give it a listen you know what i mean and and if you like what you hear make sure you share it make sure you talk about it because i think that's one of the biggest things is that you know we need to have these kind of conversations on a continuous basis not necessarily worried about what's going on in the shade room and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff it's these kind of conversations which is going to help us to build and you know give us a different type of thought so uh thank you again for coming on um Latanya, and again, the doors always are open, and you, um, we're out. All right.